Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. First Peter, here we go, chapter 5. We're going to go at verse 8. We're just picking up right where we left off last week. It says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Father, we love you today, and I thank you, Lord, for each person that's here. God, on this Thanksgiving week, Lord, we bring with great gratitude, Lord, our our church to you. And we thank you, Lord, for believers here that are seeking you. God, we thank you for believers all across our city. God, we thank you, Lord, for believers across our nation and the world. God, we thank you that you are at work, and God, we ask for more of it. We ask that you would do a mighty work in our hearts. Even today, as we study the scriptures, we pray that they would come alive inside of us. I ask that you would open up the eyes of our heart that we might behold more, see more, know more. We pray for wisdom and revelation. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. I was looking recently at the Facebook profile of one of my buddies, one of my friends, like a guy who as well is in his early 40s, dear friend of mine and And he's one of those guys that's a lifelong comrade. He's one of those guys that I've known for a lot of years that I love deeply. And and he is one of those guys that when I look at the profile, when I talk to him, I can see so clearly that he is in a battle. Like you could just look at, at the choices that he's making on what he wants to post. And there's those moments that look like you could see the Christian heritage that he's got kind of overflowing in the post. And then there's other moments where you could see that the lusts of the age kind of jumping in there. And, and even though he's the same age as me, almost like a dad, I'm looking at it going, come on, brother, come on. I, I, I want to I I push him. I want to encourage him to, to resist, to walk away from those things that I know are going to destroy his life. And, and I think when we look at Peter right here, Peter is looking at believers, Christ followers, Christians that are suffering And he's using this language here about the enemy, the devil, and he's challenging them to resist and warning them that the devil is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, before we get going on this, I I think that when it comes to talking about the enemy, the devil, Satan, there's, there's a spectrum. You got some people that hear a text like this, and this is a topic that comes out of them all the time. And so there's a devil behind every door and under every rock. And when you run out of gas, it's the devil's fault. And like, you know, it's just always the devil. And and then I think, you know, on the other side, we've got people that don't even address it, that don't... if If you study it, there's even a wide percentage of evangelicalism today that... It doesn't even believe that there is a devil and it's not a part of their vernacular. It's not a part of their life. And, and so when Peter writes, be sober, be alert for you have an enemy, the devil that prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. 
It's not even on their radar. It's not on their dashboard. They're not thinking about it at all. And I think that we do well today to take a couple steps in, in this direction. I think we need to take a couple steps of, sorry, did I say this direction? I mean this direction. Now I'm confused. I'm confusing myself on the spectrum. We need to take steps towards being aware that there is a devil. We need to take steps on being aware that you're in a real battle, that you and I are realistically facing an enemy. And of course, Hebrews says we fix our eyes on Jesus. So I don't think we fix our eyes on the enemy, but I think we fix our eyes on Jesus and we are so aware of the battle that we're in. Like we're, we're sure that we are sober. We are alert. Opposite of sober is drunk. It's you don't know what's going on and you don't see right. Sober is I can see correctly. I'm in a battle. My eyes are on Jesus, but there is an enemy that's out to destroy me. There is an enemy that wants to shred me, that wants to tear me apart. And I know that sounds graphic. And today this is a little bit PG-13, but but the idea is that, that Peter writes here is that this is a real enemy. And I was thinking about, I took uh, my son Dawson in 2015 to Africa. And at the conclusion of going home to home with Every Home for Christ on the last day, we went to a lion park in South Africa near Johannesburg. And, and I'll never forget when, as we're on this bus, they began to tell us to keep our arms and hands in and, and we would stay in the bus. And then one of the guides told me a story that only weeks before a photographer had been eaten by a lion. And honestly, I've never been so scared in my life. Like at that moment, I thought, Renata's going to kill me. You know, like, like, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing? Like, these lions are real. And I honestly had some of that fear. And here, in a context in the first century where you have Christians that are being eaten by lions, it's a part of their real life. And so, and so Peter's using this imagery that's a part of of what they're facing. And I was thinking about, like for me, when I first started to study this week, I didn't have much, I don't have a whole lot of lion context. I, I, I mean, I, I, live, I live here. And I, I, when I began to first write down my thoughts on lions, I wrote Simba and Scar. <laughs> a little bit of Mufasa, <laughs> say it again. That's all I had, was just, <laughs> that's all I got. And so, and so honestly, I started to do some research and I, I went on to YouTube and I, 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 this is a little bit, don't do this if you don't want to be freaked out, but I saw, I saw lions and lions can eat people and animals. And honestly, I've got, <laughs> I got freaked out a little bit by lions this week. Like honestly, just watching it put in my brain images that are very violent. And I just like, I've been, I mean, and honestly, I've asked the Lord, turn that, that reality into me to hate sin and Satan. Like that's the imagery that Peter's using here. Like God, let me not flirt with the devil. Let me not flirt with sin, because honestly, I saw a video where a guy was just kind of flirting just a little bit, getting too close, and it was kind of like a giggle moment, and the lion turned and chased him, and in front of other people, ate him. Graphic, I'm so sorry. PG-13, I warned you. 
but I thought, man, that's kind of what we do. Like the enemy comes along and he's not just there to just kind of play with you, just kind of tempt you a little bit. He is like a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't be that someone. Don't be that someone. Don't flirt. Don't get close. No, have a vision, says Pastor Peter. Have a vision in your life. Be sober. Be alert. For the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I just want us to just get that graphic imagery in our brain so that we heed Peter's next few phrases because these next few phrases are how you live sober and alert. They're how you don't get eaten by the lion who's out to destroy you. Like he is forever cast out of heaven and his eternity is destruction and he wants to take you with him. And it's not just a little kind of devil that just wants to kind of, you know, prick you, just kind of play with you, just kind of toy with you. He is out to destroy you. And so Peter is using this graphic language on purpose because he wants you to go, don't even get close. And that's how I felt when I looked at my friend's Facebook profile. I'm just like, oh, don't even get close. That stuff, that, and we all know in our own lives, those things that the enemy is just coming at you with, just kind of like, Maybe I can, I can get him with a little bit of greed, a little bit of pride. You know that lust, you know that fear, you know that rage or that revenge. Here, let me just, let me just and allure them. And then, that's the language. That is the image that Peter's presenting. And so this is a sober message because that is the command of Pastor Peter, be sober. And so I love church where we show up and we got a bunch of hipsters singing worship songs and we're drinking some coffee. Yeah, feels good. And I think you want your feel good moment. But here's Pastor Peter saying, hey, mm, worship on Sunday. And no, it's a battle zone. Like it's, it's a real battle. And so I just want us to kind of heed those words a little bit today and go, oh God, I want to have my eyes open to see like you see. And I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. I do not have a constant fascination with the devil. My fascination is with Jesus, but I am sober. I am alert. I don't have a false view of sin to think that it's kind of cute and just kind of fun. And hey, let's just get, I mean, it's all right. Let's just get a little bit. Let's just be all right. Oh, come on. Let's be a little bit tolerant. No, 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 no. Peter says, hey, 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 be sober, be alert. The enemy's going to try to allure you with those things. Why? (sighs) To get you. (sighs) And so I'm telling you, this week has been the scariest sermon prep week of my life. Because honestly, I'm, I, I, I was just telling my dad, I, I, that imagery, is, it's in me now. Like, I just keep seeing it. It's freaking me out. And that's what Peter wants. <laughs> we live in 21st century America where our lives are filled with driving down the road with $4 latte and people texting you all day saying, what's up? And we don't necessarily have lions that we're 
So we don't necessarily have them apart. It's mostly in movies and on screens or in zoos. But I wanna just invite you to put yourself into that context and hear Peter trying to say, hey guys, I'm being serious here. Let's not play games. This is, this is, this is, you gotta know. You gotta know the battle, the, the reality of the spiritual battle that you're in. And so I think that we have a culture uh, that often doesn't want to talk about the devil. But Jesus talks about the devil and James talks about the devil and Peter talks about the devil and Paul talks about the devil. And I think that we gotta, I think that we read in the scriptures a more aggressive approach to the devil than we live out in our lives. Like I think when I read Peter and James, Paul, listen to Jesus in the gospels, I think they have a more aggressive lifestyle, a more aggressive worldview than we possess because our lives for the most part are comfortable and we don't have some of those things in our brain as a part of the way we see the world like they do. And so I think we do well on a Sunday morning to gather together, worship together, and then look at the word and say, all right, God, open up my eyes in my life. Help me to see it like you see it. And when Jesus says things, I mean, he talks about, Jesus talks about that the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, I mean, destroy, like he's after you. And then Jesus gives that hope, but I have come that you might have life. And in John 10, 10, we find kind of a warfare worldview. Hey, the enemy's got a plan. I've got a plan. Hey, choose Jesus. <laughs> choose life. And you've got, you've got all around you, not, not just a sweet, kind of game, sweet, fun and games kind of life. Like your choices matter and the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone. And I'm just begging you to think, all right, God, how do I not be that someone? And Jesus actually spoke of the devil as the father of lies. And he spoke to him as a liar. And today, the enemy's after you in one of the ways. I could list, I, honestly, this began a huge, there's lots of them. One of the ones is he lies to you. So he lies to you about what God is like. The most important thing about you is how you see God. Then he lies to you about what you look like to God, your identity in him. And he's constantly lying. And here's one of the things that will help you in your Christian journey is if you begin to say, all right, God, help me see through your word what is truth. Help me to have a viewpoint of what truth is and flush out lies. Oftentimes our external behavior our external behavior that doesn't look like Jesus, if you, if you look at all the way back, you can find a root where you believed a lie somewhere. Like somewhere down, you believed a lie and it messed you up. Not to bring up Lion King again, but I will. <laughs> Since this is a lion theme. Anyway, so. But you remember that moment where Scar the lion, where he lies, little Simba, Run far, far away. Remember that? You killed your father. <laughs> right? And then he just lives in lethargic Akuna Matata for a long time, which we would call, uh, we would call the prodigal season. I mean, you know what I mean? Like believe in a lie. Let me tell you this. Just what the enemy does is he comes to you and he lies to you. And your 
outcome, like where you go. If you believe false things, mess you up. Instead of back at Pride Rock, you'll be out hanging out with warthogs. You won't be fulfilling your destiny, right? I see this with my kids, right? So like Renata and I, if we see something that is like, where does that come from? You could spend a whole lot of time as a parent trying to, trying to govern behaviors. So I'm gonna put that rule there and that rule and try to govern behavior. Or in addition, you come back and you go, all right, let's look at the, like, let's look at the root. Like, what have you believed? What's the, what's the thing that's, that's, not, that's not true that you've believed? And so then my wife does this amazingly well. She'll have our kids say, okay, this is the lie on one side of the paper and then on the other side, a column of. Now just write out what's the truth. Verses, truth, 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 truth. So that you can start to open up your mind and see what's right, what's true. Listen, the way that the enemy comes after you, don't picture like a red pitchfork trying to stab you. Picture an enemy, he wants you to believe lies. He wants, you to, he wants to lie to you about who God is. He wants to lie to you. The enemy wants to lie to you about how you fit, who you are, your identity in him. I find it even interesting, even when in the temptations of Christ, when we read those temptations, Matthew 4, Luke 4, right? Both of the gospels give those accounts. And in, in Matthew's account, it's intriguing to me that when the enemy comes after Jesus, he says, first one, verse three, he says, if you are the son of God, then, whoa, 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 what's he attacking? If you are who you say you are, yeah, identity. Then the second one, if you are the son of God, what's he attacking? What's, what's the, hey, if you, identity, he does the same for you. Hey, if you think you, well, then why did you do this? And why can't you be like other Christians? And why? And he comes and he puts those fiery darts. You know what's interesting? In Ephesians 6, the language that Paul writes about how to extinguish the fiery darts or the flaming arrows of the enemy, you know what he writes? He writes, shield of faith. And the enemy is always fiery darts, flaming enemies, flaming arrows attacking you with accusation, with lies. And one of the best things you come in is, all right, he is after me. He's gonna bring lies, accusations, fear. And you, I'm, I'm encouraging you today to have in your worldview, in your biblical worldview, a place where you see uh, what I call a, war, a warfare worldview that you, you're in a battle. And my dream is that we don't, we don't pretend it's not real. No, we have our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our soul. And that's mm, inside of us. And we are sober and we are alert that the devil's coming after us. Deal Moody, the great preacher said, I believe in the devil for two reasons. Number one, the Bible says so. And number two, I've done business with him. A.W. Tozer, the great Christian author wrote a book called I Talk Back to the Devil. <laughs> And where that's coming from is that Jesus, every time the enemy brought an accusation, said back, it is written. The enemy attack, Jesus, it is written. The enemy attack, Jesus, it is written. So I wanna invite you, one of the ways to grow in being able to combat the enemy 
is to get the word of God so inside of you that you can say, it is written, it is written, it is written. Like where you've got the word of God flowing out of you. Like when I was looking at that Facebook profile and I was seeing, ah, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the thumbs post, right? Like, yeah, that ain't scripture. That's just a Davidism, right? Like, that's just true. But I was, I was recognizing, you know what? This thing, is, this thing is a real battle. This thing is a real war. And I wanna invite you to have a, a worldview where you go, when the enemy comes after me, I, I, I wanna have the word of God in me in such a way that I can do battle. You won't say back to the devil, it is written, if you don't know what was written. So you gotta get it in you. Get it in you. Why? Threat, old school church, telling, no, here's what it is. It's a right school. You gotta know the word of God so that you could talk back. So that, because the enemy, this is just Pastor Peter. This is not David. This is Pastor Peter saying, hey, be sober, be alert. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone. Don't be that someone that he can devour. And then I see three things in the text where he tells us how to fight the enemy. First one he says is this. He says, resist. Resist the devil, resist him. And so you can resist, number one, best way. I, I say, number one, best is get, get the scriptures inside of you. Get that, get that worldview inside of you where, listen to the way that Paul talks about it. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can Take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah, that's a, that's a worldview right there. You won't resist the devil if you don't believe he's real. So you, gotta, you gotta have in your mindset a worldview. You gotta have in your mindset filling yourself up with the word of God. You gotta have in your mindset, prayer life that says, I'm going to, ex I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts. And you gotta know that this battle's ongoing. Like you don't win once and it's over. I know this is hard to hear everybody. And I know it'd feel better if we just had a sermon on joy today. <laughs> but listen, this is what Peter is saying as he concludes he comes to the end, he's saying, you gotta get this. You gotta know this enemy is out there. And I think it, it's interesting in Luke chapter four, where we read the end of the conversation between Jesus and the tempter, Jesus and the enemy. Because it concludes like this. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. It's those phrases, until an opportune time. Like, you gotta keep resisting. Like you don't win one and done. Like you and I know the enemy and you know, you, you know you've had some victories and you know what? You're still in a battle. He's still prowling around like a lion looking for that moment to snag, that moment to pounce. And so, so many people feel defeated because they had a victory and then they feel like, why, why? I guess I just can't do this and they give up. The overall idea is that we are in this battle and this battle, like this battle, I, I, my, one of my dearest friends in the world is my dad and he and I talk a lot and he's 72 and you know, just to even hear him and he's, he's been seeking God his whole life and yet, man, 
you know what? Enemy's coming after him. Enemy's coming after me. Here's the reality. Just because you had a victory, you got to know enemy's he's still after you. I know you came to church today to hear that. But listen, I am your friend. I want to encourage you. Read what Peter's saying here. Don't, don't, don't lock into just because you live in a wealthy nation. You live in a time where there's not in our country the kind of suffering like they're experiencing here. Don't mistake the fact that the enemy is going to lay low on you. No, this thing's a battle. And Pastor Peter is saying, hey, guys, resist. And I want to I just say, keep resisting. I want to just say, keep resisting. Then he gives the second one where he says, stand firm in the faith. And this is the big idea. The thing that the lion wants to devour is your faith. He's a faith eater, right? He's a man eater. It's a faith. He's a faith eater, right? That's his goal. So you say, he's out to devour me. What's he going to devour? Is he out to devour my arm? No. Is he out to devour my muscles and my bones? No. He's out to devour your faith. Because if he, can, if he can get your faith weak, then you become a prey he can pounce upon. And that's what he's looking for. He wants to, which is why it's interesting to me that that Ephesians 6 text, Paul says, hey, you need the shield of faith because those flaming arrows are coming from the enemy. Like the way that you battle him so that he won't eat your faith take your faith, try to destroy your faith is to build up your faith. You build up the very thing that he's trying to take so that your faith gets strong. That childlike faith that says, I believe, I believe in God. I believe in the word of God. And the very thing that people will come and try to cynically try to talk you out of and call you dumb for believing. And yet it's that childlike faith. It's that childlike faith that the enemy wants to destroy. Believe in yourself, believe in money, believe, believe in, but don't believe in God. That's the lie that the enemy wants to get inside of you. And when you start to have question and be, he's like, I'm gonna come in. I'm, I'm gonna come and try to, try to destroy your faith. So our, our goal is all right, stand firm in the faith. And this is Pastor Peter. Look at this language. Look at the way that Pastor Peter says this. I think it's because Peter went through it. I think Peter, and that's one of my, been one of my favorite parts in this study of these six weeks of going through First Peter is to look back in the life of Peter and see these moments of conversation that he had with Jesus or look at his life. Because there's that moment in Luke 22 where Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. And when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Then you skip down in the text and you see Peter going on that very chapter, Peter going out. He denies that he knows Jesus. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Boom. The scripture says, Jesus turned, looked right at Peter. And then it says, Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Here's the reality. Peter's on a faith journey. Peter's talking about that. He's, it's not theoretical. He's, I think he can even look at his own journey. And he's going, ah, oh, Satan 
Satan's out to sift you like wheat. Jesus told me that. Guys, he's like a lion. And I mean, even in the moment where I thought I would never deny him, in a weak moment, I said, me, me, the one that he called, me, the one that spent three years with him, me, I was on the Mount of Transfiguration with him. I saw his face illuminate. I thought I was hanging out with Moses and Elijah. In this battle for your faith, and you've got Pastor Peter saying, hey, he's coming after your faith. And I love, of course, I love the language where Jesus looks at him and says, and when you've turned back, strengthen. And I think that's what he's doing. <laughs> I think he's like, not only strengthening the disciples, but he is writing and he's saying, hey, boy, get yourself some faith. Stand firm in the faith. Don't give up. Don't quit. This thing's a battle. All right, it's like, it's gonna shock you. It's gonna, it shocked me out of nowhere. I mean, my, hey guys, boy, you gotta have a warfare worldview. You gotta see this. You gotta understand, be sober, be alert. This ain't just games. This ain't just, this ain't just good coffee and some good songs and some high fives. Nah, you're in a battle. You're in a battle. This, 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 this is a warfare zone. The enemy wants to try to take you out. And he's saying, fight that battle. And then he, I love the last phrase here, which I want to give a summary for it because he says, resist him, number one, stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And I would just say, Okay, you know that people around the world are going through that same kind of suffering. I would say, he's saying, you're not alone. Like you are, like they're, the, the big C capital church around the world, they're in that same battle. There's people that are going through suffering. You're not alone because the lion knows someone who's isolated, easy prey, easy to get. And the lie of the enemy is to come to you and go, it's just you. You're the only one that struggles with lust. You're the only one that can't defeat this greed thing. You're the only one. You, what is your deal? You're the only one consumed with revenge, hate. One of the great things about being a part of the body is you come together and you go, man, enemy's after me. You too? Yeah. That's why we love small groups. Get young people together. Oh, I wanna follow God. I can't figure this out. You too? Get fathers together. Oh, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but these kids drive me crazy. You too? Uh, that's why we want to get moms together. I want to do this right. I want to pray and be a woman of God and be that Proverbs 31. But do you know that? You too? I mean, because you come together and you go, ah, oh, we're all in this battle. And there's strength when you go, come on, let's not give up. Let's keep the faith. Let's not quit. That's why I love the prayer meeting on Wednesday night so much because it's been three days and I love coming together. Let's drink some pour over coffee and let Katie lead us in Aurora worship. But then three days later, it's like, I need some of, some of seeking God again because I'm in the middle of a war zone, everybody. I'm in the battle and the enemy's after me and I gotta, I gotta get this in me. I gotta fix my eyes on Jesus again. I gotta, man, I gotta resist the enemy 
Gotta stand firm in the faith that even what I can't see is more of a reality to me than just traffic on 135th and that guy that hates me. Like, sorry, too vulnerable. But you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever is your thing, okay? And just get that in your, get, get that in you. And we gather together and boy, there's something that, that helps us get stronger, helps us. All right, I can, how, how can I sober up? How can I be alert? The enemy is after me. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Well, I'll tell you, Peter says, resist. Resist the enemy. Don't get close. <laughs> Just don't get close. Get, get full on the word of God. Get full on prayer. <laughs> and stand firm in the faith. Those arrows, mm, they're coming after you. Get that shield of faith up. Get, be, be strong. Hey, the enemy has asked to sift you like we, but I've prayed for you. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers. Be a part of the body. Get strong. Get together. Hey, I've, I'm in a battle. Renata and I, uh, in 2014, had four kids that were sick with pneumonia. And we just were in a kind of a hard place. We'd have other couple things that were really challenging and really hard. And Renata had barely left the house in weeks. And, and we were just, we were struggling. And I'll never forget our staff uh, came over and they just said, this was the phrase, we just want to come over and we want to swing the sword of the spirit in your house. We want to just read the word of God in your house. We're gonna pray and read the scriptures. And all they did was pray and read the scriptures, which I love in Ephesians 6, that idea, because that sword of the spirit, the word of God, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it, in all of the armor listed by Paul, that's the one that's offensive. That's the one that's on the attack. Get, get some of that word of God proclaimed. Say it. Proclaim the scriptures, proclaim the word of God. And I'll never forget just the body, the comrades, the friendship coming over to the house and proclaiming it and saying it. And all of a sudden, helping us resist, helping us sober up. We're in a real battle. Here's my prayer for us this week that we would live sober. Hey, everybody, this isn't heaven yet. You're in a battle. This isn't Disney. You're in a battle. It's real. And the ramifications are eternal. And so be sober. Be alert. Jesus is the victor. Jesus forever and ever is worthy. And the enemy he is a defeated foe. But right now, we're still in the middle of a war zone. <laughs> there will be a day where he will be cast down forever. And the victory of Jesus on the cross <laughs> is eternal. And so we live looking to that day, walking right now with our eyes fixed on him, but very sober and very alert that he's out and he isn't out just to hurt you or prick you or make your feelings feel hurt he's out to destroy you and so I want to get you just to get kind of in there that, that 
not me, not this someone, not this time, no chance. Would you just bow your heads? And would you just right now, just verbalize to God between you and God, God, help me walk by faith. And I wanna invite you to even ask the Holy Spirit to show you an area of your life where you've become tolerant with sin. Because that's probably the area where the enemy wants to pounce. Just say, God, help me see it. And now would you just say back to God, God, I give that to you. Close that door. I'm not gonna go there. That anger, that rage, that revenge, that greed, that pride, that unforgiveness, that mockery, that cynicism, that jealousy. I'm not gonna let the enemy get in. I'm not gonna, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna resist. I'm gonna stand firm in faith. Now, just last prayer, would you just look to God and just say, here's what I think. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What's a step I can take? Help me fill up with the word of God. Fill up on prayer. Fill up on God. If you're here today and the enemy's been having his way with you and you're like, I don't want that. No, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to live in the Father's house all my days. I want to be a son, daughter of God. That's you. I want to invite you just to pray this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. Save me. Heal me. Change me. God, do a work in my life. I give it to you now. Use me how you want. I want to be a friend of God. I want to spend eternity with you. I give you my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me.